And I managed to sort of, I think it might have been either this year or late 92 that I ended up um, getting a Paul McCartney album. I mean, yeah, exactly. Not exactly hip, is it? Um, but No. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, two decades in a, too in late. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, it wasn't that cool then. <laughs> I, I picked up tripping a copy of Tripping the Life Fantastic at two dollar bin from Platinum Records in around that time, maybe ninety one, mm. ninety two. And nice. shit, it was absolute huh? shit. It was two dollars, and I got ripped off. <laughs> you know what that album that that was the first. Uh, that's not the album you're talking about, is it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh, shit, was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But I remember. But I remember, um... Music, Movies, Madness! Hello and welcome to Movies, Music and Madness. Uh, this week's episode, we are time travelling. Um, so we're going to basically... We, the concept this week was basically, let's pick a year that's like a formative year in our lives. So when we were 16, which was 1992, <clears throat> the idea was... If we were to travel back in time via our turntable, when we hit 33 RPM, we're instantly transported back in time to the year 1992 into the bedrooms of ourselves at age 16. Thankfully, no one's home. Good God. probably get arrested. Um, <laughs> get in trouble. But as you're looking around the room, you have to see a, a, a small stack of CDs next to mm. the... Uh, the record uh, CD player, probably a CD player, 1992. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about what you find. What, what albums would you have been listening to on heavy rotation in 1992? We'll kick it off anyway. So, Dave, do you want to kick us off today? Well, okay. Um, CDs. Uh, it's a tough one. I don't know if I had many when I was 16. Mostly. I had a lot of cassettes. cassettes a lot of cassettes. Yeah. Okay. A lot of, yeah. a lot of cool. tapes. Um, and... I don't, I wasn't a big album guy back then. I went through the albums that I was listening to and um, there weren't many. And so, but I, I tried to stick with your theme as to what was on heavy rotation. Yeah. Um, and, and that freaked me out a bit because there's definitely, <laughs> there's definitely a CC Music Factory, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the David I remember. <laughs> If you did. You, I think you did. You you did have the snap CD. I I, I did. Um, yeah, but I I, that I, one. I mean, if we're talking about what did I listen to on heavy rotation mm. a lot, um, it was. OPP, you, you know me. And you know what? It's actually stacked up really well. Oh, yeah. The production is mint. The, oh. the rap is great. They are absolutely yeah. A-game 
rappers, right? A list rappers, and um, it's a bit edgy in terms of the subject matter. It's brilliant. Yeah, um, I do love loving it. I the sample. I love the samples as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and look, that was on heavy rotation. I listened to that a lot um, back mm. in the day. So that was my first one. OPP by Naughty by Nature. Yeah, no, that's good, David. That that is good. I think it's aged really well. Um, I remember being such a dick about that sort of music at the time, and really, I was wrong. There's a bit of sixteen-year-old advice I could have given myself: is have an uppercut. This stuff's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah, David, well, David, shave, one, yeah. shave a line in your eyebrow, right? <laughs> well, well, that was a cracker. Nice. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Glenn, what was your first pick tonight then? Oh dear! And when I think about sixteen-year-old Glenn, um, I think he's sad, old man. Um, <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. Um, boy, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'll play a song because um, I I did have actually a couple of CDs. Um, I was sort of working at the time, so I was able to get some money to buy things, but typically. You know, I was listening to way too much classic rock. Um, and I think the year before, Freddie Mercury passed away. So guess what? There was a lot of Queen. You were big into Queen. Yeah, I was. So I'm going to go and play a little bit of Queen Greatest Hits 2. And mm. you know what? I probably don't need to actually play and listen to Queen much because I OD'd on it back in the day. So, um, yeah, here it is. Here's this one. So lots of Queen at the time, particularly Queen Greatest Hits 2, because I think it had just come out the year before. I think I bought it for my 15th birthday or 16th birthday or something like that. So I was listening to heaps of that. Um, and, yeah, I liked that song quite a lot. I liked the song when it came out, when it was, when did it come out? 84 or something like that. Yeah, I remember it seeing the clip on RTR Countdown, really liking that because it was funny because they were dressed up as women. And that was hilarious as a little kid. I thought, that's so funny. Good on them. Well, that um, was the, the yeah. video that, that absolutely killed them in the States because it basically just it just got widespread banned straight away in the States, especially like the Southern States, obviously. Um, and, uh, yeah, they they just completely got wiped off the map for, like, the next 10 years, really, and well, until Freddie died, yeah. The Yanks are just well, mental. Yeah, mental, but, yeah, they're happy to bomb the hell out of somebody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you look back on that song, you probably think, oh, I might, might be looking into deeper meanings than it really, there really was any. It's like, you know, maybe wanting to break free of the suburbs. I don't know what to break free of. I don't know. But anyway, good vibe um, there. Funny enough, I read a, a, an interview or a, a report the other day, actually, because the song was written by John Deacon, the band's bass player. And um, at the time, it was rumoured that he was actually considering leaving the band. <laughs> and I reckon it could be about that, because he actually, mm. um, they were in the recording studio and he, he 
basically knocked on the roadie's door and said, um, I'm leaving, um, I'm going to Jamaica, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Wow. Um, and he said, are you really leaving for a couple of weeks or are you leaving? And he said, I don't know. I want to break free, you know. Yeah. How, how lucky were they to have four songwriters in their band? Oh, and so, and all four of them <laughs> had a number one. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, not many bands that could do that. Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. Eh? In fact, I don't know any other band that probably has. Yeah. Anyway, that was what I was listening to. Some of it, we've got a couple others as well. It kind of segues into mine because I was also listening to a lot of Queen in '92. <laughs> but I've gone with um, with a solo song. Um, so it was the year Brian May released his first solo album. Um, and it was a big album for me, and I listened to it heaps and went and saw him on tour heaps that year. I think it went to about six or seven shows that year. Um, and it was because it was 16 in the UK, he was legally allowed to get a job, like a part time job. So my first disposable income was sort of coming in and I was just spending it on concert tickets, basically, and went going nuts. Um, yeah, um, so um, the song I've chosen, the album was called Back to the Light. Um, and uh, yeah, the song I've chosen to you was like the big hit off it, which is called Driven by You. Whoa, everything I do, I do for you. That song was a big hit in the UK because it was also used in um, a commercial for Ford, for motor cars, um, and it had a huge campaign for it, Driven By You, it was the campaign sort of logo, slogan. Um, so it was, it was quite a big hit in the UK. Yeah. Okay, Ian, what have you got for us? I've got, yeah, three really kind of different sort of things. When I was 16, I was um, learning guitar, seriously, I was into amateur dramatics quite seriously uh, and um, I think if I wasn't around at Glenn's house listening to Queen, mm -hmm. <laughs> I wish you were here, <laughs> I was trying to be cool with uh, some of the guys that played at college and one of those things, I'll start with the worst of the three things I've played over and over albums, uh, would be this one here.
did that? <laughs> That's poison. Is that poison? Oh my yeah. Wow. And the wow. album was called Open Up and Say Ah. And it had the terrible song which we all tried to learn, which was um I played that to death. Yeah, I had the cassette and I played it over and over and over. I remember listening to the radio a lot. The radio was a big deal then too. Because mm. um, you didn't have tapes unless you, you sort of, or at least you, you, you taped a lot of stuff off the radio as well. Mm-hmm. You did. Which was... I just wish I didn't listen to so much classic rock. I yeah. think I think sixteen was a sixteen was a good year. I think it, that was the year I purchased my first proper stereo. I think nice. I bought a good I bought a good one. I went to Noel Lemmings and I got a high purchase. And my parents were like, "Are you sure you want to spend that much on a stereo?" And I and I got a good one. And uh, yeah, no regrets about that. Think anyone regrets putting down good coin for a decent stereo? Was was it a um? Was it wasn't a boombox thing you carried around with the huge speakers and the tape deck in the middle? No, no, no. It was a uh, what was it? It was just a Panasonic, but it was it was a good one. Mm. I think it was. Well, yeah, it was, it was a, a good one. Amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I had a little, first... I had a little like JVC one that had like the little bookshelf speakers. The, the, they were mm. look speakers. But it bathed the room in this glorious blue LED light. I loved it. So you'd sit there at night and just this like blue electric blue kind of haze like across the room. It's fantastic. Right. Well, let's go around for round two then. So, what else were you listening to, Dave? Okay. Um, nice segue, really, because uh, this song I'm about to play, share with you, got me into a bit of trouble um, with a lady friend because I dedicated it to her. I. Um, <laughs> I called up a radio station. I said, I've got a song I'd like you to play for a student special someone. Do you think you could play this one? And it had only just come out, and I don't think they really mm. realized what the song was about because um, it had only just sort of <laughs> hit the shelves at Platinum Records. And mm. Anyway, local radio station played it, which was brilliant because I don't think they ever played it again. <laughs> um, and, and I had some explaining to do. This was the song. You other brothers can't deny And when a girl walks in with an itty bitty waist And a round thing in your face, you get sprung Wanna pull up tough, cause you notice that butt was stuck Deep in the jeans she's wearing I'm hooked and I can't stop staring Oh baby, I wanna get with ya And take your picture My whole boy's trying to warn me But that butt you got makes Ooh, smooth skin You say you wanna get my baby <laughs> That's awesome, and you requested that no, You're no. so romantic next, ne- ne- next day at school You're so romantic <laughs> Yeah, oh. did it get you anywhere? <laughs> no. <laughs> did you get slapped? <laughs> did you get some? <laughs> no. <laughs> that might segue later mm. on into a bit of life advice I've got for people. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think I'll, we already know that one. I'll, I'll, I'll pass that one here. And, uh, and and I don't think Sir Mix a lot um, for listeners. That was Sir Mix a lot with Baby Got Back from 1992. Um, I don't think Sir Mix a lot went on on to do a lot more. But if you YouTube him, you see him playing that song as a 70 year old. It's fucking funny. <laughs> no idea. God. Anyway, back to you, Martin. <laughs> oh, that's a horrendous fall. <laughs> 
All right. Um, yeah, um, Glenn, okay, your second choice, please. Okay. Uh, something a lot completely different, again, in that whole sort of classic genre, um, except um, it was a new music by um, Roger Waters, and he put out an album called Amused to Death, and I won it on a competition on the radio. It was a tape thing. They were giving away tapes and stuff like that. It was a CDM, was giving them away, and I managed to, I don't know, win a tape. So that was kind of a big deal because I won something on the radio, which was cool. And this album was called Amused to Death, and it was, I don't know, 18 minutes of um, pretty heavy stuff, actually. Um, really super political. So for somebody who hadn't listened to a lot of that stuff before, it was, you know, a lot of protest music sort of coming through. So this song is called The Bravery of Being Out of Range, which is, um, wow, I think the title says it all. Roger's hardly what you call subtle. Um, subtle as a brick, so yeah, here we go. You open the suitcase behind your workings to show off the magnum your death with the king. A comfort of friend, only upstaged to the end by the oozy machine gun. Does it become my you remind you of six old men like the hell you gonna kill it? Old time, who you gonna feel next? I looked over Jordan, and what did I see? Sir, you as Marine and a pilot dookie. I swam in your pools and lay under your palm trees. I looked in the eyes of the Indian who lay on the federal building steps. And throw the range finder over the hill. So the frontline boys popping their pills. Sick of the mess they find on that desert stage and the bravery. Yeah, the bravery had been out of range, and it was inspired, obviously, by the Gulf War of '91. Mm. Um, I mean, unfortunately, the song is incredibly topical right here, right now. Like, oh man, who are you going to kill next? So the songs have actually—I didn't know a lot about sort of world affairs and history and stuff like that at the time. So it was sort of a window into that whole thing, and sort of—I don't know—the idea of growing up a little bit. Um, but yeah, the songs have actually remained, sort of stopped listening to it for a long, long period of time, but sort of came back to it in the last, oh, maybe 10 years, I suppose, mm-hmm. and went, holy shit, this was on the money. And particularly last year, this year, I mean, it's quite topical. Um, yeah, he's got Jeff Beck playing guitar. So Jeff Beck, you know, one of those amazing, amazing guitarists, um, really original and unique and interesting. He plays all sorts of interesting guitar all over it. Um, I, I have to think, though, sort of with Jeff Beck, I kind of like him playing on other people's stuff more than his own music. Mm. Is, is that wrong? Mm. But no, anyway, it was really I cool. And I listened that. to way too much of it. And it was, um, yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff, actually, but kind of. Kind of good all at the same time. I'd love to hear like it turned into like um, hip hop actually, because it's sort of got that sort of almost hip hop sort of rhythm and so it's more. The, the keyboard spoken. parts um, sounds like run like hell. Yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of the Floydy stuff in there, of course, yeah. um, but with his own 
you know, obviously he had to make the break so he could do more of that type of stuff. So, yeah, quite different to Simitza a lot, though. <laughs> totally different subject matter. Yes, I know. It was I would hope so, because if you played that for somebody on the radio request, you probably would have just as much luck as if you had played Simitza a lot. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not. exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so my next one. So um, this is an interesting one because it was the first time that this particular artist sort of became, came onto my radar at all. Um, and um, it, uh, I just remember the single coming out and I remember the video on like, MTV. Um, as a band called The Sugar Cubes. Um, oh, yeah. And um, the singer um, was a young lady by the name of Bjork. Um, and uh, the song's called Hit. Yeah, just kind of funky, and um, mm. at the same time, my voice was just so different. Mm. Um, you know, so there was no cool one way. sounded like that. Still, no one that sounds like that. Um, and um, mm. yeah, it was yeah. quite a high energy video. I seem to remember. And was, I think it might even have been like a time lapse type thing, where you know, where they're kind of spinning around and stuff. So that was in the sort of the, the the days of the ecstasy in in the UK, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff was definitely going on at that point. Um, definitely not my scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was sort of, you know, wasn't old enough to go to nightclubs at that point and stuff. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nightclubs weren't really my scene either until a long time later, actually. Um, but, um, yes, um, yeah, that kind of, there was a lot of bands around that time. So I think the Cardigans were probably kind of starting around about that time as well. So some of these like European bands sort of start to come in, mm. you know, Icelandic and Norwegian and you know mm. those kind of countries as well, which is kind of interesting. Um, here in New Zealand, kind of... here in New Zealand, I don't think we got those here. We we got some of the sort of mainstream British stuff and mm. a lot of the American stuff. We were sort of a crossroads with that stuff, but not that Europe stuff coming through, which is well, kind of wish we did, eh? Yeah, it was interesting stuff because it was different sounding um but at the same time a lot of it was sort of like one hit wonders where they were kind of i mean the shoot cues were the same that they really had that one song and then just sort of disappeared even though i think they did like one more album after that and then bjork did her solo one i think might have even been the same year it might have been 92 that's the that, that first bjork, bjork mm. album came out yeah um 
but yeah, um, some some interesting stuff around that time as well. Yeah, it, it reminded um, me of Gloria Estefan with the James Bond sat doing his James Bond soundtrack at the start. <laughs> it's very Bond. It was a bit of that, and yeah, there's lots of influences in there. Yeah, you know, that's got yeah. that Prince kind of guitar thing going mm. on and hip hop kind of drumming, and yeah, it's cool. All right, Ian. What have you got for us? I didn't listen to heaps of music when I was 16, I don't think. So um, this album I definitely had on repeat a lot. And I had the, I think I had the CD of this album. And yeah, this was my kind of introduction to jazz probably. And I would sit with my folks stereo, which was a Technics one, really good. And I'd have the headphones on and I would listen to this album literally over maybe two or three times. And I would do that a couple of times during the week. And I really loved the singing side of it. I thought the guy was cool. And then I started to really tune in my ears to the guitaring, which was uh, the guy on the album's guy called Russell Malone. And then the bass guitarist is Benjamin Jonah Wolf, Benny Wolf, and uh, these guys are um, these guys are amazing players, and the whole album's fantastic. It's the wrong song and the wrong style. Though your smile is lovely, it's the wrong smile. It's not her smile, but it's such a lovely smile that it's alright with me. Ooh, you can't know how happy I am that we met I'm strangely attracted to you You see there's somebody I'm trying so hard to forget Don't you want to forget somebody too It's the wrong game with the wrong chips Though your lips are tempting, they're the wrong lips They're not her lips And we'll just skip forward to some of the guitarist stuff And that's Harry Connick Jr. The album is called We Are In Love. And yeah, that was Harry Connick was uh, that that kind of music started to really lighten and uh, started to ignite my interest in, in music instruments. Mm-hmm. I was like, was it, this is cool. So was that that must have been about the time that when Harry Met Sally came out, right? When he kind of like really burst onto the scene because of that movie didn't he yeah, yeah. this one i think this one he got the uh googled it he got a grammy award for vocals on a vote jazz best jazz vocal performance i think it was actually yes harry when harry met sally was 89 the album this one was oh, 1990 wow, okay. yeah 1990 we are in love and uh if you've never listened to harry connick jr's stuff um He's got two really great albums. This is one of them. And the other one I liked was She, which he brought mm, out mm. late 90s. Yeah, no, that was actually earlier. It was about 94 when that came out, Ian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember um, buying that myself. Mm. And it's a different direction again. Very different. It's southern, it's southern sound, eh? Like mm. Rioli, um, um, New Orleans stuff, eh? Yeah. He's a good artist. 
and it was interesting. I found it interesting listening back to that stuff because uh, obviously being a musician as part of my life for a job and thinking of what really interested me. Yeah, that jazz stuff. I don't know. It was different to rock and pop and blues. It mm. really just, it did something. And I thought, uh, it was extreme though. I thought these guys are amazing. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. Here it comes. Well, look, Ian was listening to, to that. I was listening to this. Hang out with those guys. Man, I ain't got nothing to do with those dudes. Man, and I saw your female with them too. What's up with her? I've been hearing that she's been giving that stuff out to all them graffiti guys. Well, shut the fuck up, Chico, man. Who paint three of those mules for some of that ass? Professor, what's another word for pirate treasure? Well, I think it's booty. 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 Beastie Boys, check your Uh, head. Oh, it's a great album. (laughs) I got given this album uh, as a tape by a dude at Mm. school. Can't remember who the hell it was, but I heard him playing it on his Walkman. He's like, check this out. He's like sharing his headphones around. I was like, oh, that's really good. That's really good. Where do I get it? He goes, oh, you can borrow the tape. And I went home and dubbed it. (laughs) And and that was the best bloody thing I'd done. Oh, yeah, man. That that song, uh, that's the best song on the album. Professor Chico, Birdie. man. Chico, yeah. man. Do you remember me playing that, Glenn? Yes, I do. Up, Chico, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, I remember you playing that heaps, and I remember loving it because it was funny, and um, especially when you tried to edit it with taking the swear words yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. That yeah, was funny, too. <laughs> yeah. I tried so to get funny. that stuff on the college radio station. You did, and you did, to uh, your beefy, you did. 92, I, um, I was doing, I was the apprentice. You did. And then '93, I took over the, you um, took it. Yeah. the radio station. That's I was right. trying to get a lot of these songs on. Rage Against the Machine. I think I've spoken that on another episode. Yeah, you were but good. They got they got bad words, and I got in trouble because they had bad <laughs> words. So I had to try and edit and, them and out. The, but and I egged you on, which probably didn't help. You lose the song then if you take the words out. So. Oh, no, I yeah. Yeah. there's no <laughs> song. There's like, yeah, there's just put <laughs> some pieces. But I, lo- I just love the intro to that. Shut the fuck up, Chico man. And it's just so much fun. So that's my last pick, Martin. Oh, bit of a theme here, Thank Professor Booty, OPP, and Baby Got Back. I don't know yeah, what I thought. Really As well. Sixteen-year-old boy, I had everything <laughs> on my mind. And Harry, I think you had one thing on your mind. Seventeen. Right. Anyway, back to you, Martin. Glenn, what have you got for us for your last pick for today? All right, bit of a theme for me, unlike David, who was listening to sort of current cool stuff. Um, I discovered because I used to go to the library quite a bit to get books and things out, and they also I stumbled across the National Library's um, music record and CD collection, and they would also let you hire it out. Yeah, I know, boring, eh? However, <laughs> I ended up, I know, but a nerd like me um, was into that type of thing. And I managed to sort of, I think it might have been either this year or late 92 that I ended up um, 
getting a Paul McCartney album. I mean, yeah, exactly. Not exactly hip, is it? Um, but no, uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> two decades in a, too in late. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it well, wasn't, wasn't that cool then. <laughs> was hardly what you would call current at the time. Um, I think I'm probably cooler now than, than I was then. Um, but anyway, let's play. You said you will love me if I have to go. you be thinking of me, somehow I will know. Yeah, so this was Paul McCartney touring, well, I think the first time in like forever in the 90s after um, the death of John Lennon. So um, he was out on the road and I don't know, just seemed to just get it out. And there was all these songs that I had no idea about. And I remember falling in love with um, this particular song, Things You Said Today. And then that started off a period of sort of beetle mania um yeah queen was gone and the beatles came in so there was even like oh my gosh even going back further so yeah i was so far away from being cool it wasn't funny i i picked up tripping a copy of tripping the life fantastic at two dollar bin from platinum records in around that time maybe 91 mm. 1992 and nice. it was shit it was shit it was two dollars and i got ripped off <laughs> You know that album that that was the first. Uh, that's not the album you're talking about, is it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh shit! Was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But I remember. But I remember. I remember really like. I remember really liking a whole bunch of songs that I've oh never my heard god, before. Sorry, dude. Oh. I don't think you should apologise. It oh, hasn't no. aged. What well, it hasn't aged well. I was going to say it's um, very ninety-five versions of. It is. <laughs> they they, they, they yeah they certainly are but. For oh. a kid who had never heard those ones before, I think we only had Please Please Me and Let It Be. So, I mean, I, there was a whole bunch in the middle that I hadn't really heard. Yeah, much there's a whole lot of, yeah, I called it weird shit and I just gave up on it. But you obviously, you are a connoisseur when it comes to this sort of thing. So, I was like, and, and then I remember, <laughs> and, that, and that actually led me to one of my favorite Beatle records, which is A Hard Day's Night, which I just think is glorious. Yeah, but yeah, definitely not not particularly cool or any or current. Oh, you didn't buy. You didn't pay full price, did you? Oh no, no, no! I just hide it out from the library. <laughs> oh, you hide. Oh, that's a, <laughs> hide it from yeah, the library. And okay, hide it my from face. the library. <laughs> hide it from the library and dubbed it. Yeah. Oh, well, that's where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I don't own it now either. The National Library Archive Records. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was good. You could access everything. It was so good. Anyway. <laughs> All right, yeah, thank you for that. So, um, moving on from that, my last choice tonight is um, it's a movie soundtrack. Um, so, I'm not going to um, go too deep into this, but I remember going with like a heap of mates from school to go and see the movie, and for weeks and weeks and weeks afterwards, everyone basically going, swing. It was Wayne's World, yeah. Wayne's World. I have just closed my eyes. 
sound effects stuff fantastic so even the night in the 90s the 80s were still were cool you know they were looking back to the 80s and going oh i mean how tongue-in-cheek was that <laughs> a reference though but yeah they used um, the um queen song didn't they as well back in the 70s they do yeah um, in fact actually looking at that soundtrack there's a lot of like retro stuff on it there was some alice cooper yeah. on there there was some sabbath on there mm. um i think the only one that was kind of like reasonably trendy at the time was the chili peppers are on there um but um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a diverse soundtrack, actually, some weird stuff. And the the Tia Carrera version of Ballroom Blitz, yeah, yeah, very memorable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> Ian, what's your last bit for today? <laughs> Save us. Save us from Dreamweaver. The album I've chosen was, um, was definitely on heavy rotation, and this guy was was and maybe still is uh one of my guitar idols heroes and that is stevie ray vaughan and i remember getting the tape of this and i was familiar with blues i listened to a lot of like the Yardbirds, that sort of early claptony blues time pieces into that kind of stuff uh, and then along came stevie ray vaughan and I played it, and I remember saying to one of the guys who used to do music with Ross Meacham, and I said, have you ever heard of this guy called Stevie Ray Vaughan? And he said, nah. And so I lent him the cassette tape, and we both sat at lunchtime, and we're like, wow, that, that's amazing, you know? And I was, I think what, what um, really defines it for me was, again, I was just young, and I was, I suppose I was quite a boring 16 year old thinking back, but I was just really into music. And, uh, this guy, I think musically gave me, um, I was hungry for guitar sound and this guy had satisfied my hunger. He delivered, he was good. It was a cracking album. It's called in step. And this is a song called tight rope.
and yeah, that's Stevie Ray Vaughan, and and that sound, you know, that that brought me joy. I like that sound. It was just gritty, a guitar through a, an amp, which is what I was trying to achieve because I didn't have technology because we didn't, and that was the sound that I remember thinking, man, that's cool. I just want to play like that and wear a cowboy hat and a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that, that was his last that was his last album he died the same year i think it was released in 90 uh was mm. was it 92 or 90 might have something like that yeah i remember you playing it and i i had a date dubbed copy of it as well mm. yeah um, yeah i remember you being like so upset and rightly so away eh? um yeah yeah I think I just found someone that kind of had mm. something that I really enjoyed. Yeah, you know, awesome, yeah. Then he died. Upbeat, the upbeat blues as well. You know, there's not mm. too many of them that kind of got that kind of groove thing going on. Right? I mean, the only other one I can think of off the top of my head that's kind of in that similar kind of vein was like Albert Collins, who had been around a yeah. lot longer. But yeah, that kind of there's a slight funk element to it. Um, but just upbeat blues. It was it was different. Mm. Yeah. He found his way. As I got older, I've gone off Stevie Ray Vaughan because I, I find it a lot quite boring and repetitive. But that album was tragic because he'd moved from Double Trouble, mm. which was, and he'd gone to the trio. We had introduced the keys, uh, and I can't think of the keyboard player that he had. But um, he he was really really good. And you can, now listening back as an adult, there's some songs on there that he did which were quite jazzy and pretty experimental. So he was influenced by the keys and he could have done some pretty wicked stuff, I think. Oh, mm. Yeah, he cut down too soon, eh? Way too soon, yeah. Because mm. I think he was moving away from blues myself. I think he was, you know. Mm. But anyways, yeah, yeah in step, cracking him. Do you think you didn't listen to it as much later because you just sort of OD'd on it when you were younger? A Maybe bit? a bit, a little bit of that yeah. as well. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if maybe the myth is bigger than the music. Mm. You know? Yep. Yep. But I, I was I was thrashing that album at 16. That oh, album yeah. was in, not far away. <laughs> so you'd just go up Paracai Street and there'd be like Raven on Central and then you'd go back down to my Indy God. Queen, and then you go around the corner, and David's listening to all the cool stuff. Beastie Boys. Anything <laughs> <laughs> with booty in the title, basically. Uh, <laughs> it was a good street. Oh, <laughs> suburbia, nineteen suburbia. Brilliant. Well, thanks a lot for listening, guys, and um, thank, thank you, you guys for taking us down memory lane. And uh, we will see you all next week. Cheers. Good night.